I'm recording this podcast on the anniversary of my trip to Dublin to see Bruce Springsteen at the RDS. It's seven days ago and I've been wanting to record this podcast based on some experiences down in Dublin, but it's taken me this length of time to get over the boss's gig at the RDS. It was incredible. For anybody who's into music, they can appreciate the longevity of a man who was playing his trade in the 70s and is now 73 and brings with him a band and all the trappings of big tours, uh, very well organised through Aiken Promotions, I think year in, year out. And this year was no different. For me, this year was different because I stayed in the Marion Hotel, uh, gifted by a friend, um, which is great because it's probably, on reflection, the best hotel certainly that I've ever stayed in and maybe the best hotel in Dublin, certainly a proper five-star hotel. Coincidentally, the hotel that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and Entourage were staying in, which made it very, very exciting. So typical protocol um, for those of you who have done the Tyrone to Croke Park trek, uh, the journey to Dublin has always been something of something exciting, you know, and I headed down, I hadn't been to the Marion before, I wasn't sure where it was, stopped and top hat, grey coat, top hat, gentleman took the keys to the car, parked it and directed me into the hotel and I swear to God, I've never had, uh, I've never experienced customer service like it. And so I want to put the thin line between the price and the cost of something and the service that you enjoy. No idea of the price of the room, but I now have a fair idea of the price of a whiskey and ginger and a gin and tonic. But again, this isn't about price. This is about experience. And loads of things happened over the course of the 24 hours. One of the most significant things was the fact that when I booked into my room, I could open up the window and look down at 50 or 60 people waiting for the E Street Band to leave to follow the entourage all the way over to the RDS. Springsteen, of course, and the rest of the team had gone out through the back door, but this didn't stop people waiting for hours. And I was looking down through the room at it. It was quite a surreal experience and, and one that I, I will I will kind of treasure because the opportunity to meet Springsteen didn't didn't arrive but the service the attention to detail was just it's simply outstanding and when you look at the other five-star hotels in the north that you may have stayed at or had a meal at nothing comes close nothing comes close these people were anticipating every move the customers made every single move I go straight to the, the next day and when I left the gig, um, and left the hotel, it was about 12 o'clock, one o'clock, can't remember, but I had to give 30 minutes warning so that the concierge could bring the car around and I could get on my way. So I gave him the ticket and this guy went and took my car, came in, took my clothes, brought them out to the car and then asked me as I was a uh, handing over the keys did you go to the gig last night and I said yeah it was amazing and he said how are you feeling today and I said you know not too bad considering the fun that we had and we were drinking to the wee small hours and he said well I've left you a couple of bottles of water in the front seat now 
I know he didn't do that just for me. They do that for everybody. But his connecting the event to the experience and acknowledging it and acknowledging me and talking to me made me realize that the Marian do something special to have staff like that in a climate where it's really hard for the hospitality industry to retain staff, to attract and retain staff that are good. I went to an hotel in Belfast, um, five-star hotel. I, it wasn't Belfast, it was the Culloden. I might as well name them. Great hotel, great experience. The guy that served us was only getting us tea and a coffee and a scone at 11 o'clock. And he came back to our table about five times to fulfill the order correctly. Poor lad was probably only out of university, was working there under duress, but was also working there without any training. And um, you could tell, whereas in the Marion, everything is done just to kind of wow you. And I don't know where the accountants get involved and who's pushing the agenda to say, okay, we need to cut back on that. Give you an example. In the tea and coffee tray, there is your sugar and then there is a sweetener and the sweetener is inside a small kind of a wallet branded the Marion. You look in the bins, the bin at the bottom of the bin, uh, there's a, a perfectly fitted piece of paper branded the Marion when you put stuff in the waste paper bin in the bathroom or in, in, in the front room. The brand is so confident, so resonant in a really, really historic building um, and the staff are just magnificent. And so you get to the point where you believe that it's worth paying a little bit more for that level of quality and service. Pivoting back to the Springsteen gig, talk about somebody who knows his audience. Like I, I'd written a blog years ago about Springsteen. One of the thousands online, you know, 10 things you can learn about branding from Bruce Springsteen or uh, what do you get from the East, East Street brand that can help you with your customer service? One of those kind of blogs, which is really tat, you know. Um, but I was trying hard and God loves a trier. Springsteen knows his audience really, really well. He played for three hours. He put in a mixture of his catalogue of greatest hits and let's face it, he could play for five or six hours if he, play, if he were to play only his hits. But he has a couple of new albums out. He has got a classics cover versions album and then he's got the letters to you album that I, that I had missed out on so I was hearing loads of new stuff but his interaction and engagement with the audience with the players on stage he completely knows how to read the room and so too do the Marion they know how to read the room and that's one of the things about good customer service is based around understanding your audience it's a bit like Wayne Gretzky the uh, ice hockey player often quoted as saying um i'm trying to get the quote right he doesn't go where the puck is he goes to where the puck is going so it's like these guys don't read the room they anticipate the room so everything that was done in the marion was done because they have experience of what we are likely to need it was raining they gave us umbrellas they um, allowed us to bring some friends in for drinks later in the evening. Um, a whole lot of stuff was just done really brilliantly. Springsteen's the same. He doesn't read the room. He probably is the room too, you know. He anticipates the room. So he plays the songs and he says the things that will energize the audience and therefore anybody benefits. This is the same seven day period that 
Nicola Gallagher published her Facebook post about domestic violence from her ex-husband Rory Gallagher, the then possibly still manager of Derry GAA. The length of time that it took the GAA organisations individually and collectively, so the county board, the Ulster Council and headquarters to say something that would make it clear the position that those organisations have on domestic violence. I'm still not sure if there's a clear position. Um, There have been numerous lines quoted. Gallagher was asked to stand back from his job. There are loads of rumours circulating around the country. Um, Everybody says they have things on good authority. There's a whole load of white noise and speculation. But really what isn't up for discussion is that domestic violence has no place in society. And whether the county boards knew or whether information was stalled and it's a win at all cost mentality or whether we have got a real problem with misogyny in the sport. The GAA clearly did not read the room and are still unable to read the room. And uh, they have audiences at underage levels. They have daughters uh, of players. They have mothers, they have sisters, they have friends, they have girlfriends, they have wives. And the focal point of this whole thing for this last week was Rory Gallagher, when really the focal point should have been Nicolette Gallagher. And uh, it saddens me to to bring that into the podcast, but it doesn't really because somebody, I felt like it needed to be said in the same way the Marion and the Springsteen gig needed to be celebrated for all this good in our lives. Um, the GAA have a couple of really, really easy decisions to make. Um, and you look at the infrastructure of county boards and Ulster councils and decision making and you see that there needs to be some kind of strategic stroke commercial Uh, retired teachers and civil servants just really isn't enough in a professional sport albeit everything but name it's a professional sport it's played at the highest standard the demands of players are immense and something that is a scourge in our society that permeates the GAA because the GAA uh, is a metaphor for our lives here, right? Um, But it's very disappointing if that is a reflection on how society feels that women can't feel safe or be heard or be listened to or be understood and that there is a culture prevailing where, yeah, it's not my wife, so therefore it's not a problem or it's not my daughter, and therefore it's not a problem. The GAA needs to ask some serious questions of itself, and people in authority or people whose opinion is valued need to start pointing and pressing the finger against against an organisation that needs to stand up for all its members and not just the elite.